the Blue Beetle. Hello, Johnny. This is Archie. The thrilling Dick Tracy detective adventures. This week on the show, we're talking about Shanghai Red, She Could Fly, the first issue of Auntie Agatha's Home for Wayward Rabbits, and for those who came in late, Brandon re-ups his childhood obsession with the ghost who walks. That and more on this week's Quick Flips. That's Brandon. Paula, and this is Quick Flips. So where do you want to get started this week? We've got a lot of books to get to. Yeah. New stuff. We did read quite a bit, didn't we? It felt like we read a bit. Yeah, I, you know, I read, admittedly, considerably more superhero-y stuff this mm-hmm. week because it's been very compelling, shall I say. Did I mention to you that I'm, I've been kind of in this weird phantom Phase, yeah, kick. you kind of did mention it. But it's just so hard to... <laughs> I don't even know how to explain how I got onto it, but the, the gist of it is I, I rewatched the movie I because I'd caught wind of this panel at New York City Comic Con that I don't know anything about or anything like that, but this new Irish company now mm-hmm. has rights to make new canonical phantom stories and i think mm-hmm. that there's already one out and i think the printing is behind for the rest of them it doesn't really matter it, because uh, what i've been looking for is like the old reprints of the 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 newspaper serials right so yeah. monday to friday they would run in black and white and then the sundays are in color and then also uh, the the Fru's reprints, and then there was like DC and Marvel versions of the character. There's been like cartoons and video games and so forth. Obviously, the Billy Zane movie that I referenced before, and this yeah. sort of thing. Um, and technically, The Phantom is two years older than than Superman, mm. and obviously co-created by Lee Falk, who and and written by him in canon or the canon of the 21st Phantom up until his death. So mm-hmm. in any case, like, the the gist of it is I've been off on this, you know, frenzy, and it's become very apparent to me two things. One, Phantom comics are ve- – the comic strip and most everything else except for the American stuff, which I'm not that interested in, is very expensive and very hard to get your hands on. And what's not is still very difficult to come by. Now, there's mismatched stuff on on comiXology that I've been starting to get into, but I really want to get my hands on some kind of hardcover. In any case, this has become my obsession for the week, so Mm -hmm. I I haven't done that much reading reading. in the vein of what we usually talk about on this show. I see. So while I realize that The Phantom very much does, in theory, fit into the kind of broader scope of what we're you know, we talk about on the show in the sense of it's not one of the big two or sorry, big three, because we include Archie in that or, or any of these things. But, um, you know, it's still kind of a superhero fair and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I just thought I'd rant about it quickly and, and so get it out like, of your system. <laughs> I've read less books this mm-hmm. week that maybe we'll be talking about. And I've also probably got less picks than you this week. I don't know. We'll mm-hmm. see when we get there. If you make it to the end of the show alive. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why. I just suddenly got a cough. All right. Cool. Where do you want to get started? Well, we both read uh, Dead Rabbit 2. Yeah, right? we did. And uh, you had mentioned that it was really fun before I read it. 
And then after I read it, I had to go back and see if it was a regular length comic because it went so fast. Yeah, the pacing is just incredibly good. Yeah, it's great. On this comic and, and I can't tell you how much fun I had reading it. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. I laughed pretty hard when uh, Wheels yep. goes flying. Mm -hmm. The windshield. That picture itself, like just that panel, was hilarious. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know... His <laughs> projectile. <laughs> totally airborne. You have this moment that's perfectly scripted where, you know, you have him go through the windshield, as you said, right? Yep. And and you have this tense moment and, and, and the cut to the next kind of sequence is on the page flip. And then you you flip the page again and there's kind of like a mini redeemer. Mm. And it like it's just what makes the book feel so good is that shared goal that that's clearly there between writer and 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 artist that is mm -hmm. really working for me really well in this book. Yeah, that whole sequence is pretty fun. There, you know, you see him getting back into it. You're kind of excited for him. You know, he's got wheels. Mm -hmm. They have that little shot to calm the nerves. And then it just all goes downhill from there. It just, it's total chaos. And it just gets funnier and funnier. Yeah, it, it, you know, and, and the great thing about this issue is that it made me, the first book i was very much thinking that i was going towards this dark and brooding anti-hero and now i feel as though this character is almost becoming a f you know a friend like not just the the familiarity that you have to mm -hmm. to the character as a reader after the second issue you feel more like you're reading i don't know uh you know dennis the menace or calvin and Hobbes or something like you know what i mean mm -hmm. instead of this what it is which is this gritty crime story yeah you you've you've got this childlike familiarity with the character almost instantly and again it's it's just i can't say enough about the book i'm very pleased with it thus far yeah uh it's really fun i'm gonna keep going with it yeah i get the feeling it's gonna get a little darker though <laughs> yeah yeah how this book finishes the note that it finishes on i'd say we're in for for a nice little adventure moving forward. Mm -hmm. So yes, Dead Rabbit number two, written by Jerry Dugan, artist is John McRae, colors by Mike Spicer, letters Joe Sabino. Cool. Where do you want to go from here? Well, I also read Blackbird, the second book. Oh yes, yes, yes. We started to talk about this before too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really liking it anymore. I just don't like the pacing of it. It's not that the story doesn't do it for me. The story is cool and the concept mm -hmm. is cool. The art is great. I just don't feel like there's a hook. Mm -hmm. And even the the what's supposed to be a hook at the end, it was kind of weak. The art is beautiful. Yeah, it's cool. I almost feel like it's worth buying the book because of the artwork alone. Like I yeah, really do. Yeah, it's nice to look at. Hey, can we talk a little bit about Shanghai Red? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so as you know, I I adore this book, and w I read the first issue, and then I kind of had this thing where where I was like, okay, I've got to sit down and read every issue in one shot. I'm not I, I'm not doing the single issue thing as they come out. Um, and so I'll say right off the bat, I do believe that that this book is going to do phenomenal in trade 
for one. And for two, I think that it will um, it will do it will work better in trade. It's an incredibly well developed story. It's I don't want to give it away because I really want you to read it. The yeah. art is beautiful. The the even the way that they do the lettering and everything is so methodical. Basically, the gist of it is there's this girl Molly who her and her family came upon hard times while living in, you know, the East Coast of the early days of the United States, okay? So the the deadbeat father takes off and, le- you know, leaves the family or the three girls, like the mom and the two daughters, with nothing. And so they set off on this pilgrimage to the Portland area, and mm. Molly is of an age where she can work. And as they're traveling across the country, she kind of realizes that if she disguises herself as a man, it makes things easier for them. They don't get hassled as much if there's a man with them. And so she becomes so proficient at disguising herself as a man that she starts to go by Jack because as she lands in Portland with her family or the Portland area with her family, she sees that the men get more work. Mm-hmm. They get higher wages, these sorts of things. They're able to get a room and, and board and this sort of stuff much easier. So she continues this facade. And one night, little, you know, the short version of it is she gets a little too drunk in a local pub and these, you know, these kind of criminals who are collecting shipsmen, they trap them and then they force them on the ships. They Shanghai them and they go out and they have to work on the ships. And then finally mm-hmm. they do set them free. Um, you're, you know, so this book actually picks up where she is being set free and she's okay. Jack. So she, you know, she's been, been set free, but instead of, um, being like, oh, thanks, you know, years later and going home, she decides to fucking kill everybody. And she just starts killing everyone on the <laughs> ship. And and she gets all the people that have been shanghaied with her, like all of the just kind of menial workers on the ship to kind mm-hmm. of rise up. And she's just fucking murdering the captain and murdering everyone. And she's like, I, you know, it's very, yeah, I'm the captain now. That's awesome. You know? <laughs> and so they follow her and they, they strike up a deal where essentially they're going to get her back to Portland, to the port. And, uh, and then, the, you know, they can have their share of the, the booty and whatever else is on the ship doesn't matter mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter to her. She doesn't give a shit about it. Yeah. And, and, you know, at this point they know that she's a woman for the first time, uh, you know, throughout the, her travels, they mm-hmm. know that she's a woman. And so she, you know, my name's Molly, but you can call me Red. So that's the name of the book, Shanghai Red. She's been Shanghaied. They call her Red. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so she, when she returns to... Portland, she really doesn't recognize anything. And and in book two, it's kind of cool because you get it starts off the narrative is set up as as the the mother a letter from the mother, mm-hmm. you know that she's left in the hiding spot mm-hmm. at the old place, so that if if Molly does come back, they can you know find her and whatnot. And basically, um, she comes upon this, and she's got to find. She sets out to find her family, and the first place that she goes to. Um, this old woman tells her, like, yeah, your your mother never stopped. She's disguised as, as Jack, though, as a nephew named Jack, right? And so, you know, oh, your aunt, who's her mother, mm-hmm. 
um, never or stopped looking for Molly and, and went out every night after work, got sick, blah, blah, blah. And she's just kind of thrown to the wayside of society and eventually just couldn't afford the medical bills and so forth and died. And your sister buried her and, and a plot for you, but she's not saying it in the first person, obviously, because she's telling Jack, quote unquote, um, the same day and just kind of moved on with her life. And I haven't seen your sister or this girl since, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and again, Molly's just like losing it. So it immediately cuts to her walking into the bar where she was first taken years previous. Mm. And she follows these two fucks home that took her. <laughs> And, and, and like the, it's so, uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to go past this book because I don't want to ruin it for you, Mm -hmm. but my God, she follows the one of them home. Mm -hmm. He gets in his apartment, like two seconds later, she knocks on the door, right? And she just kind of presses into it. And then when he comes up to the door, she pushes through the thing and pushes it onto him. They get into this big brawl and whatever. And she, she fucking shoots him in the stomach. And then she's wow. like stepping on his stomach and just, oh my God. Gi- you know, giving him such shit. And then she drags him while he's passed out. She lets him bleed out. And she, while he's passed out, she throws him in the fucking bathtub and then pours booze on him, wakes him up, right? And it's like pouring the alcohol in his wound, saying, you know, that the sugar will help him heal. And she's talking to him a little bit. And he's still begging, saying he doesn't know what it's all about. And then finally, in the, in the last moments, she, he confesses to that, you know, he knows what, he, because he thinks that Molly is is Jack, yeah, uh, is there for, and she fucking shoots him, and then she throws the booze into the bathtub, and and burns the whole fucking building to the ground. Sorry, I'm swearing Amazing. so much, but yeah, burns the building to the ground, right, and uses that, leaves there, and uses that as a distraction. So she goes to the bar where the other guy that she was following, the other guy mm-hmm. that originally put her on the boat essentially right yeah or at least captured her you know mm-hmm. uh when she was drunk at the bar goes to the pub that he's at and everyone else goes outside to see this building ablaze right and she had yeah. been asking around about this guy that she's after and so he confronts her and and he's so he's not surprised the way that the first guy is and they have uh, a struggle and he seems to have the upper hand at one point and she becomes a little disheveled and her hair kind of comes loose and some other things you know like in any case it becomes yeah. very apparent that it's it's a woman and and he's a little bit confused and it doesn't really matter anyway because he still continues to kind of beat on her and then she just they keep kind of cutting away to this these small panels of like the knife in her boot and um and so just all of a sudden she just pulls it out and jams this giant blade through his skull oh, nice. and then just holds him up against <laughs> her right and says like this is this is less than you deserve you know like telling him that he deserves much worse than this and reminding him to just like stay there until he bleeds out and he there's a, this great line something to the effect of um you know um, just think about where you're going and when you get there, tell them there's more coming. Something like that. And it's yeah. so good, right? Okay, so either at the end of book two or book or the beginning of book three, I can't remember which it is, but it doesn't really matter because this is where I'll stop, okay? Because uh-huh. I think I've done a, a reasonable job other than all the swearing. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. You know, convincing... I think it needs the swearing. Convincing you that this book is amazing. Um, she walks into this general store kind of thing and she says do you have bullets and he he says uh yeah yes sir you know what 
kind of bullets do you need? And she just slams her gun down. And she says, this gun, as many as you have. And just <laughs> slams down all the money that was like that the mother left in the hiding spot for her in case she came back, um, you know, for all of it. And then she goes out to this bridge and kind of has this moment of reflection where she's kind of talking to the water and this vision of her mom appears her her mother is passed appears to her on this boat and says to her you know you're you know molly and you're you know you're this you're you know and you're gonna show them kind of thing gives her this mm-hmm. kind of rallying cry that that kind of sends her into a frenzy and and she is on this insane revenge mission and and the book, you know, I, I've pretty much narrated to you the better portion of book one and two. But you know what? There's so much that goes on, pardon me, between book four and six mm-hmm. that it's, you know, I go out and get it. If you yeah, can't absolutely. get the single issues, go and get the trade. Yep. It's so worth reading this book. The art is incredible. The story is incredible. It sounds crazy. I love it. The historical accuracy is fantastic. And uh, the use of terminology, everything. If you're if you're a history buff, if you like stuff like you know piratey stuff, if you like stuff like Kill Bill, for example, this would be right up your alley. So um, yeah, just read it. It's great. It's so good, man. Like I can't. I I, I don't know. I I really you you gotta read this with me. See. So, um, and all six issues are out. It's done. So get, get to your local comic book shop and get them now. Uh, sorry. Written by Christopher Sabila. Art and colors by Joshua Hickson. Hassan Atsmain Al-Hau uh, does the lettering. And uh, yeah, awesome book. Sweet. So where do you want to go from here now that I've been hogging the microphone <laughs> for okay. several minutes? Um, I finished reading She Could Fly. Yeah, yeah. I'm still only on book two. That's a burger book. Yeah, Dark it's, Horse. it's amazing. It's written by uh, Christopher Cantwell. Yeah, the guy who does mm-hmm. Hold and Catch Fire and mm-hmm. uh, whatnot, yeah. And it's... So the the whole point here is to see the world through kind of like Luna's eyes. She's got pure O, so pure OCD, which is a type of uh, OCD where you have intrusive thoughts and you can't control them. They just pop into your head all day long. And the writer actually had this. He had several uh, severe episodes during his life. So he put that into her character so that you can see what his experiences were like. Mm -hmm. But that's just part of the book. And it's done amazingly. Like It's the best portrayal of OCD I've ever seen in any form of book ever. And maybe I just haven't read enough, but seriously, it's awesome. So yeah, so Luna, uh, she sees this woman who can fly, right? Mm -hmm. But... It turns out to be a lot more than that. Like this, this woman's not just flying. She has an apparatus that's been built that's like radioactive. And <laughs> and it, there's a guy whom she stole the patent from, but she ends up blowing herself up by accident. And there's all these like conspiracy, conspiracies. And Luna becomes obsessed with finding out more about it because she's got this 
fascination with this woman who could fly because she's in the news and yeah. but she doesn't know what she's getting into right she gets involved with these people who are involved with some really bad people and there's people after them and you would never think it but this book's got shootouts it's got violence it's crazy <laughs> it's really really fun in like a dark kind of way it's, it's fun um the sweet family whom you'd never expect to go through these things now have a shootout in their kitchen. You know, it's, it's great. And Luna herself, she's got all these thoughts her family's not aware of. It's a really fun book, especially because if you read it to the end, well, mm -hmm. like a fun series, if you have this type of OCD and you read this, the ending is hilarious like it's not funny it's terrible <laughs> it's absolutely tragic but it's funny because you'll get it so wow. i recommend it yeah it's really fun i think it's it's a great read for anyone that can't relate to that and just to see what it's like um but if you can relate to it if this is something that you're afflicted with trust me you're you're going to like the ending it's pretty good Wow. It's, it's kind of, it kind of stings a little, you know? Yeah, it's good. I'm very much looking forward to finishing it. Yeah, it's fun. As you said, fun. writer Christopher Cantwell. Mm -hmm. Artist is uh, Martin Morazzo, who's also mm -hmm. artist on Ice Cream Man. Yeah, which yeah, you love. Which I love. Uh, colors is Miroslav Merva. And letters by Clem Robbins. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to reread it. It was really great. Oh, yeah. It was good. I'm, I'm, you know, I got to get through book three and four. So maybe that's, that'll be my goal for this weekend. Yeah. I think you'll have fun. I wanted to ask you about Antiagathus. Yeah. Because, uh, I was going to Initially that. you, you know, I pitched it to you. <laughs> we both were excited. Yeah. You read it really first. Cute. You were like, mm. but now we've, I, like, I've been looking, I've been flipping through this book mm -hmm. and I love this artwork. Yeah. The artwork is really cool. It, um, it's very sweet, right? But as you read it, there are some kind of dark points, like uh, telling a rabbit that his rabbit food is made of rabbits, you know, jokes like that, just kind of dark. It's uh, funny. Yeah, goons beating up a little, well, I don't know how old she's supposed to be. She looks like a little girl, uh, but, you know, goons come and beat her up. It's dark. It's, it's, it kind of reminds me of, uh, if you remember back in the early two thousands, the happy tree friends cartoons where they're very sweet yeah. and then horrific things happen to them. <laughs> I get the feeling that that's where this is going. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't a huge fan of the pacing and maybe it's just because I read so many other, well, other amazing things this past week. Yeah, it has right? been a fantastic week. That it makes it harder for something to catch my attention. Like, you can't compare this to, for example, like Dead Rabbit 2, right? Okay. Or Dead Rabbit in general. Well, but I haven't yeah. flipped through. I Honestly, I can't remember. The last book that I flipped through this quickly... Mm -hmm. um, we talked about on a previous quick flips and I yeah. can't think of what it was, but I, Oh, you know what it was? The last book I flipped through as quickly as, um, as dead rabbit two and, and absorbed all of it was, uh, Adventures of Super Sons issue one. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, which also yeah. dropped this week. Number uh, number four dropped this week. Which Keep the superheroes out of here. Yeah, you know that was the first book. While you were reading Dead Rabbit, I was yeah. reading Super Sons, true, and then we switched. True. Yes, so. true. True. Okay. But uh, you know, 
I didn't love this, but I'm going to read the next one. Occasionally you get stories where they start off a little slow and you just got to stick with it, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I think it might be promising. Like, I feel like it's going in the right direction. I just don't think that it was enough of a punch in the gut. Mm. So I guess we'll see. Well, either other than it. the literal punch in the gut. The yeah, I know, Agatha. right? It's more like a step in the chest, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm going to keep reading it. Like, why is there a dog wearing a rabbit mask? Like, what is going on? What's with the... What's, is, is Agatha the yeah. old lady in the wheelchair? Yes. Okay, so what's the girl's name? Honestly, I can't remember what it, what her name is. I was just... Yeah. No, I can't remember what her name is. Do they even say her name? Because I don't have it written down, and usually I write that down right away. Yeah. Well, Julie. Julie is, is her name. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm going to... I can't wait to actually give it a good, solid read through, because mm. I've just kind of perused it. I love the artwork. All the rabbits look so cool. Yeah. I like the chubby really cool. one with the beard. That guy yeah. is so cool. And the one yeah. that wears the mask. Or is that a dog? The dog the dog wears a mask. Right? Yeah, the dog wears so a mask. So he looks like a rabbit. Yes, exactly. That's so good. There's I like, like this a lot. I don't know. I know you're not like super rabbits, sold on it, but, but I, I like this. I like everything about this. It's just so ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty so. ridiculous. We'll see. I mean, I think it's going to go in the right direction. It looks pretty promising. Yeah. I just don't feel like the first issue had enough to grab me. But again, it could just be because of the other things I read. It wouldn't be the first time that a release cycle or a, you know, scheduling issue has caused a book that is, or a TV show or a movie or anything that is really good to be, you know, kind of overshadowed. You know, I opened the show by complaining about The Phantom. That movie made nothing in the theaters. You know, I remember liking it. Yeah, like that that movie. I went to see that with Mission Impossible at the drive-in <laughs> in 1996. Wow. Um, that drive-in is now a a multiplex cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's like a block away from my current workplace. You know. Uh, yeah. But in any case, I and I remember that very vividly, and I thought it was great. But I will, you know. Uh, it, it didn't make any money, which is the case with a lot of movies that we end up loving because it did amazing mm. on DVD. Yeah. And, and well, and VHS and DVD and Blu-ray and all that. It continues to do really well. I was going to well. say VHS. Yeah. Be kind, please rewind. yeah. And, and so, you know, like... Or taped off TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I wonder if it's just a situation where, you know, if this got on a different week. So say, for example, like... You have a lot of picks for the 28th, the week of the um, 28th coming. I wouldn't even say a lot, yeah. but yeah, I have some You picks. have more, whereas more of the stuff that I'm interested in is like stuff that the boys, like our mm-hmm. sons are going to be reading and stuff yeah. that is more superhero fair-esque. You know, I don't really have a lot of, you know, there's there's good stuff coming up, but not that mm-hmm. I'm like really, really seeking to get into, sink my teeth into. So, you know, maybe put it later, like the fourth or even Mm -hmm. when there's a fifth week in a month, push it in there. Yeah. Right? When there's not a lot of competition for it. And I'd like to see how it fared because the art is so stand out. It is very cool. And, you know... It's going to be fun. I think it's good. Yeah. Written by Keith Giffen. Artist is Benjamin Roman. Uh, Colors by Brian Valenza and Beyond Color Lab. You're not excited about Stranger Things? You're not reading yeah. it, are you? This is what I was going to say. Yeah, I'm We should probably it. transition because I asked you off air. It's really good. 
It's from the perspective, uh, it's from Will's perspective. So what you saw in the show... Which one's Will? The main character. No, the main character is... Um, Isn't he Will? Yeah, it's Will. Uh, well, what's Finn Wolf whatever his name? No, well, Will is the kid who gets taken to the Upside Down. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So, okay, yeah, the kid who goes missing in the first The kid season. who goes missing is from his perspective. Ah, so when he calls okay. the mom, you see him. When he's trying to communicate with her with the lights on the wall, it's him. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So the whole thing is done as if, like, so you're seeing all exactly. of the things that happen in the show, but from his perspective. From his perspective. That is cool. Yeah, it's pretty fun. And it's all happening while they're playing the game. It's good. So they're playing the game that they play in the show. Okay. Right? And so as they're playing the game, what the game is... <laughs> the silence him... there was my face blank. And... <laughs> <laughs> so as the kids are playing this game, we're seeing Will in the situation. So that's how they're explaining what's happening, right? Oh, okay. So they're mm-hmm. using the like the D&D style like, yeah, RPG game as a framing mechanism. Yeah. I see. Exactly. Which but is it's... similar to what they kind of did in the show because they would constantly... like go back and say demogorgon or whatever you know yeah okay they'd use the terminology but now it's actually he's in it right interesting Mm -hmm. it's fun i like it it's i'm looking forward to the third one i love the idea that it's his perspective Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool so i'm that's one of my picks for the 28th sweet this book's written by Jody hauser pencils by stefano martino inks by keith champagne Colors by Lauren Affey and letters by Nate Piekos of Blamebot. So, you want to transition over to our picks for the week? Yeah. Cool. Okay, so. My first pick, as I mentioned earlier, is Stranger Things 3. Nice. Comes out on the 28th. You can borrow it if you like. Yeah. So does it just, is it, we're, we're continuing on with the... Like you can read it? The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll just read it. I'm not, you know, no spoilers. Yeah, no. Just, just read it. Okay. What do you have? Uh, okay. So my first pick, uh, I'm trying a new book from IDW. It's called Night Moves. It's oh, cool. pitched as a... Noir meets horror, small time Vegas hustle. That looks awesome. The cover, yeah, the art is just stunning. That would be a killer poster. Yeah, so I'm I'm very interested. It's a five part series, as I said, and um, it's it, you know it it uh, written by VJ Boyd, who something to do with TV, blah blah. Um, <laughs> and uh, art is by Clay McCormick. Cool. The cover I'm looking at, I believe, that I have up on the screen here um, is where are we here? Covers by Justin Boyd. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I love What's the cover. What's your next pick? My next pick. My God, I made too many scribbles as we were talking, and yeah. now I can't even read my stuff. I've got too many um, windows and notes and yeah, everything. And then I put my tablet <laughs> on top of my notes, and I'm trying to not slide it to make the sound. So while yeah, you're talking, yeah. I'm actually going to delete this part of the track, a little inside awesome. inside information here, so that I can move it silently. And magic. Mm, studio magic. Sorry, okay, so what's your pick? next pick is The Warning, number one. Mm-hmm. 
It's an image book. <laughs> Surprise. Okay. And, this yeah. one comes out on the 28th, correct? Yes. And so basically this giant machine just sort of appears in, uh, where are they located? Sorry. I gotta look at my notes here. Midwest or something. It's, it's, I can't remember what the uh, location's called. It's not the point. West Coast City. There we go. In West Coast City. I knew it was something west. In a major West Coast City. Perfect. Unnamed. So this massive machine thing appears. No one knows what the hell it is. Mm -hmm. uh, so the military is, you know, geared up to the nines to fight it. And uh, that's basically all they tell you. So... It, I think it's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. I love anything that has to do with like alien invasions or apocalyptic stuff. It, people fighting things from another planet. Like, yeah, it just looks awesome. And the cover looks great. So this is right up my alley and like, I will read it. Yeah. So yes, that's my pick. What's your next pick? Okay. So I'm going to take, um, where are we here? So I'm going to take Middle West number one. Also from Image Comics, coming out this week. It is a new ongoing from Scotty Young uh, of you know I Hate Fairyland and uh, Bully Wars, as we've talked about. Mm -hmm. So um, it's basically the gist of it. From what I understand, is that it's kind of a younger kid who is kind of taken taking on this adventure to uh, stop this m magical storm that uh, is after him and his town and this sort of stuff. And, and, uh, and so he goes off on a journey uh, across, across this land kind of thing um, to, you know, to kind of um, figure out his lineage and stuff, kind of like think, um, a little Midwest American Harry Potter okay. is what the aesthetic kind of reminds me yeah, of. Yeah, it kind of but, has but, that look. Yeah. But I don't, you know, I don't think that's what it's going to end up being. Uh, I'm curious about the fox that's on the cover. I noticed that they're also on the cover for the variant. Yeah. So I'm curious, that, you know, is this unlikely, unlikely ally kind of thing. In any case, um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I really like the aesthetic of the book. Um, which is um, drawn by Jorge Corona, uh, who's you know uh, number one with a bullet, the artist on that. So I, you know, I'm I'm curious, and, and uh, you know, he's done like work with DC and different stuff. So, uh, in any case, uh, I'm really excited about this one, mm -hmm. and uh, let's see where it goes. So yeah, cool. Middle West number one. Yeah, it looks good. Mm. Okay, my turn. Yeah, your next pick. What's what's next for you? I picked Smooth Criminals number one. Yeah, what's the deal with this one? That's a uh, uh, that's boom. Yeah, yes. it's a hacker that comes across, I believe, a cryogenically frozen. Um, like criminal. Yeah. yeah. Well, like a cryogenically frozen thief. Okay, yeah, it's right? like an unlikely buddy. Uh, yeah, and then they team up for a heist. Yeah, and this is so... the one that takes place in the '60s. I mm -hmm. remember reading about this. Yeah, I like I like the way this sounds. Sounds very cool. Sorry, please continue. I'll stop cutting you off now. <laughs> Jeez, it looks fun. I mm. read it. I just I wasn't sure what to pick because I'm more excited about the following week. Yeah, and we'll get into that. I guess mm -hmm. when next show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm like, it's at the tip of my tongue, but I'm not going to say it. December so. is shaping up to yeah, be pretty impressive. Good. It's yeah. going to be a busy month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Lots of gifts for ourselves. Yeah. Merry Christmas to me. But yeah, those are my picks. So I had uh, Stranger Things 3, um, Smooth Criminals 1, and The Warning 1. Cool. All right. So my number three pick is going to be Rumble number nine. Now, the caveat is, of course, that I haven't read Rumble number one. I was actually just told about Rumble this week. I've seen some press on it and it's kind of it's been on my radar, but I I hadn't had anyone really say, you know, like get into this series. I'm going to give it a shot. There's nine of them. So I think that I can probably take down. I believe there is... Yeah, there should be. I think there's three trades. Out Those now. covers look awesome. Yeah, the art on them is incredible. So there's three trades. I got. Uh, I got to get my hands on the three trades and get caught up to date, and then take on Rumble number nine. So I'm very, very excited for this one. I think it's going to be. Um, the the art style is really drawing me in. Additionally, the the premise of it is, is you have this main character who is a, like a mythological uh, scarecrow warrior god. Is how they describe him, Rathrock, the scarecrow warrior god. Mm-hmm. And but it's this it's this mixture of this mystical stuff and then like really kind of like. Um, harsh and abrasive humor and then mixed with um you know the seedy dive bar underworld and so forth so you know on the on the image website it describes it as uh it's louis ck meets robert e howard in a david fincher universe what it's interesting yeah so uh, i'm curious I'm curious, and I'm going to give it a shot. So my third pick is Rumble number nine. So I've got two new ones this week. My first pick was Night Moves, Mm -hmm. number one of six, I believe, from IDW. Second pick was... What the hell was my second pick? I can't even remember anymore. Oh, yeah, it was uh, Middle West, number one. We're going to give that a shot. Scott Mm -hmm. Young, Jorge Corona. Uh, And my third pick, Rumble number nine. And i got to get caught up in order to do that. So I've got a lot of reading this week. Sweet. Yeah, we've both got lots of stuff. Mm. We better read it quickly because at the end of the month, we got to prep for December. So, Oh, yeah. Christmas. And that's just these comics. <laughs> Everyone's getting comics for Christmas. I know, right? That's all there some is. Of these, some of these uh, titles that are coming out, it's like, just pick the book that the person in your family or your friend will like the best. And uh, and I think it's it's a, uh, a good good idea. You know. What's on your Christmas list? Comics. No, well, you know what's on my Christmas no, I list. Know. It's insane. Like it's like it's the uh, the Black Hammer uh, Library Edition. That uh, and then there's one that's already dropped that we talked about. But these ones I'm I'm gonna keep a little mysterious because mm-hmm. I you know you're gonna I, make I me work my, for yeah, it. Yeah, I hope my wife's paying attention. When <laughs> I, about, I was so. hoping to just go back and listen to this and be like, awesome. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, so uh, we've got a lot of, uh, it's going to be a big trade paperback Christmas, I have a feeling. Seriously. And I'm, you know, we, we've got some great stocking stuffers for the kids between some stuff coming up from IDW, mm-hmm. a lot of great new, um, kids lines, both on the superhero and non-superhero front, which is very exciting. Yeah. Boom has some cool stuff. Um, 
yeah, I'm very, very excited about the coming weeks, books that we're going to talk about, books that we aren't, but mm-hmm. stuff that's going to be great for, for our kids mm-hmm. uh, just as much as us. And, you know, because we're also kids. Yeah, we're just big, hairy kids. Well, yeah. I'm hairy. You're not. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, what are you saying to me? I'm neither big nor hairy. No. The kids are almost my size. Yeah. They're going to be scary. bigger than me very soon. So, But yeah, awesome. Cool. So that's everything we read. Yeah, I think that's I'm done. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep talking comics with us, visit explodingearths.com and reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at explodingearths. You can subscribe to this and other Exploding Arts podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play Music, and any other podcatchers that you want to use so that you never have to miss an episode. And I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating and a review while you're there. It helps people find the show. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at LumpyFace with an I instead of a Y. And you can reach us by email at quickflips at explodingarts.com. Send us your thoughts on the show, reading suggestions, reach out to us if you're an indie creator and would like us to take a look at your book. We'll see you in two Sundays from now with another edition of Quick Flips. Bye. Dr. Reed Richards representing the Fantastic Four. How do you do? I'm Dr. Bruce Banner.